0: Welcome to This Week of Purposeful, a podcast that I am doing. I'm Reverend Jen, and it is good to be with you this morning. It's a podcast where we're trying to figure out what it means to live a purposeful life. And I've got St. Lucre Brian Dribelbuss with us today. So hey, Brian. Hey, good morning,
1: Pastor Jen. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you.
0: So let me just say a little bit about Brian. Brian, uh, you've been a St. Lucre, I think the whole time I've been here. So 16-
1: 2004, Sherry and I joined. Yep.
0: Okay. So since before me, you, I have to say not to bother or upset anybody else, but you are literally one of the most joy-filled St. Lucers I have ever met. You just emanate, radiate- Joy filled, purposeful living, and uh, let's see. You probably see him over in traditional. He's one of our ushers, our lead worship hosts. Um, he serves in a lot of different areas. But Brian, I just want to talk to you about you and where this joy and purpose comes from. So, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do work wise for a living?
1: Okay, no, and uh, thank you, Pastor Jen. You know for for your kind words. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll start with what I do for a living. So I, I currently work for Land O'Lakes. I've been with us now 16 years. And what I do is I lead labor and employee relations uh, for our company. And a lot of people don't realize. So when you think of Land O'Lakes, you think about the Butter Company. But it's actually only about one third of our business. We're yeah. actually uh, the second largest agricultural cooperative um, in the world. And we also make uh, perina feeds, except for dog and cat food. And we are the largest agricultural um, supplier in the in the country uh, for fertilizers, herbicides, pesticides, whatnot. So very, very strong agricultural presence.
0: I had no idea. You're right. Yeah. I thought it was just butter. <laughs> no. no.
1: So, so what I do is we have 83 plants. Okay. We have over 7,000 hourly employees uh, that work for us. Our company is actually a little over 11,000 employees in total uh, based in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And what I do is we've got um, about 20 collective bargaining agreements. So I go out and I work with our labor unions day in and day out. But even in places we where we are not union, I make sure that our non-union employees uh, are treated well, treated fairly, consistently, um, have the opportunity to make a good living and, and the other side note of this is a very fortunate in probably the last 12 years uh Jen uh our new CEO uh Beth Ford F-O-R-D she joined us in 2011 I was the first HR person she became CEO five years ago uh very very strong presence in Washington D.C. and Jen uh, and uh Beth and I became very good friends and um because of our strong presence, and I already have begun doing a lot of work with the labor unions in Washington, D.C., going back to 2013, I've now sat on a number of uh, House and Senate subcommittees that involved labor policies and whatnot to make sure, hopefully, that we are doing the right thing so every American can get an opportunity um, to have a good life, to provide for their families, um, and, and hopefully, somewhere down the road, I hope. Um, we can get out of this. Um, In Washington, they say they live paycheck to paycheck. I actually disagree with that. I think, unfortunately, people today are living day to day, which is sad.
0: Absolutely. That's incredible. So how do you feel like, especially maybe with this relationship with this new CEO and, and getting into Washington and the things you're doing, how did that kind of align with maybe uh, sort of your faith journey and, and, and where God was leading you. Tell yeah. Me
1: so I, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick story, uh, that I'll share that I don't know how many people know about this. So, you know, I was born and raised, I, I'm one of the St. Lucas who comes out of the state of Pennsylvania, right. um, born and raised back in Southeast Pennsylvania around the Lancaster area. Um, my mom and dad, uh, I was born and raised UCC and I had church of Christ. And uh, my father, of course, as many know, passed away last year from Alzheimer's, sadly. But he had been a member of the same church for 71 years. Wow. And this church where I I was born and raised and grew up uh, was built, actually, uh, the main sanctuary was built in 1735. And the story I just want to tell real quickly is, um, and many people probably know, when I was age seven, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, um, and 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 pretty bad. I was a fourth generation. Everybody before me who had it had passed at a very young age. After, actually, I got it. I was diagnosed in 1970, and I had a cousin who got it in 1974, and my mother actually got it in 1975. Wow. And and I didn't know this at age seven or early, but I, I did find out later that they had thought, Jen, by the time I was 25 or 30, I would probably lose my kidney functions. And when that happens, you know, it's, it's a matter of time. Okay. And earlier this year, actually, I'm 60. So I have far outlived, I think, any any doctor's uh, predictions. Wow. Uh, uh, but I, I, the story I want to tell is, you know, my mom and dad, when I got this at age seven, and my mom hadn't had it yet, and her her mother had passed away from it, my father's mother had passed away from it, uh, you know, it was hard. It was tough on the family. Nobody thought this little seven-year-old boy who just liked to go out and ride his bicycle um, that, you know, what happened? And, and I would say, Jen, that early on, you know, it was tough. You know, I'd go to birthday parties as a kid and whatnot, and mom would always have to tell the other mom, hey, make sure you don't get any sweets. And, you know, it, it was hard. It was hard. And I think back in the day, I always joked, Jen, you know, this is the early 70s, I think all I could drink for soda was Tab and Fresco with saccharin. So that wasn't a good outcome.
0: Oh, I remember. I remember Tab and Fresca. Yep.
1: Yeah, but with saccharin yeah, that that was the first. But
0: but, but I would say, you know,
1: Another, we went to church, so here's a story I got to tell. When, uh, I'll never forget the day, September 12th, 1976, it was uh, opening of youth group. I was old enough, mom and dad getting into the youth group. And for a year, we had had a new youth director. His name was Herman Lutz, L-U-T-Z and herman was in his second year and i went to the youth group meeting mom and dad wanted to get me involved and little did i know but after youth group that night herman took me from downstairs up into the main sanctuary turned the lights on this is about eight o'clock it's in early september so there's a little bit of daylight left outside and in our church is a two-story stained glass window because there's a first level and there's a balcony right Two-story stained glass window, and it's a picture of Jesus with his hands out to the children. Hmm. And beneath it, and I wear this on my wristband every single day, next to my Medical Lord bracelet. Um, is the scripture from Matthew twenty-eight twenty, Lo, for I'm with you always until the end of the ages. And Herman and I sat in the first on the right side. Uh, there's 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 a center aisle to two pews, uh, similar to St. Luke's, and we sat in the first pew and we sat there. Uh, I sat next to you. Herman sat next to me. He held my hand and we talked about why I was scared. When I walked in that night, Jen, with Herman, I was scared. I was lost. I, you know, I was struggling as mm-hmm. my mom and dad. And that night, Herman took my hand and we sat in the pew and we prayed and we talked. We went up to the altar right in front of the window and we talked and we came back down. And here's what Herman's message that night. And that night, Changed my life forever. What Harmon said to me was, Brian, uh, I'm going to ask you three things. If you will just love God and Jesus Christ and give your life to Him, if you will follow Him, and if you will serve Him and others, it's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. He's, he's going he's gonna to look out for you, He's going to take care of you. And he said, Just trust me on this. Mm. And um, you know, we cried a lot that night. Herman cried too. Actually, I I told uh, I told others. Herman just passed away last year. He was 99. Wow. And uh, he was just amazing. And that night, Jen, I would say I walked into the church, and maybe I was scared and I was lost and I felt like when I walked out that night, um, I had I had some confidence. Obviously, I had made a decision that night, but I felt like for the first time in seven years, um, I had a compass and I knew where I was going. And um, uh, eventually, I became a two-time president of the youth group. When I then went to Penn State to undergrad, I I was part of a youth group up at Penn State. Um, And the long story short is how I got into supply chain and human resources was I made a very conscious decision in my career that I wanted to go out into the world when I was done and influence and impact as many people as I could. And I felt like I've been hopefully able to do that. Um, through human resources and supply chains tend to be where more people tend to be in a company,
0: right. right. That's incredible. and 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 that intention that you experienced that night with Herman really has been the intention you've lived your life with, Yes, God and serving other people and and following God. And serving other people, what an incredible gift you were given at such a young age, which is, you know, we talk all of the time about what, how important it is for adults to be one in five mm-hmm. for, for young people. And you mm-hmm. just, you just named it. I mean, it's you yeah. on this path to follow God and serve people, which is what you're doing now. So how does the work that you do, especially when you're kind of in those house and Senate committees, how does that give you purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Fill your life because it's got to it's got to overwhelm your life and frustrate your life, probably. Well, on one hand, yes. But but on the other hand, I would say, and
1: again, I'm very grateful. So, as you know, I I came to you all in in 2004. And you probably remember the story, Jen. Um, You know, I got transferred back to Minneapolis, although we did keep a condo here um, during the time I was living in Minneapolis. And then last year we moved back. Although I still work there. We live here now. And you remember, I still came back every Christmas, every Easter. Yep. And that was part of what I wanted to do is I wanted to come back and continue to serve at St. Luke's. But you probably remember, Jen, when I emailed you last year and said, hey, I'm coming back. You got anything I can do? And you responded back. Well, like, yeah. What do you want to do? I said, well, can I start by like ushering? And you and I both, I remember over that over that email and a phone call, you said, hey, we've got 1115 opening. And I'm like, I'll take it. So... Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I told that story to go back and answer your question, you know, when I really think about, and and I, and I think about what Moses said, you know, what are what are two of the most important things, I think for somebody, and, and these two things I hopefully support my premise of to love, follow, and serve. I think the two most important characteristics are to be humble,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and to be compassionate, and. What I believe is that uh, God chooses and uses people who are humble and have compassion to go out and serve others and make a difference. So I, I would say that, yes, the landscape in Washington, and you should probably warn Sam about this, you know, it has <laughs> changed a lot in the last 13 years. Yeah, right. Unfortunately, today, you know, it, it, for whatever reasons, it, it's more divided. But one of the things that I really try to do and the reputation I've earned. And I will tell you, a person who I I really want to recognize and call out has really helped me because of my relationship with Beth. And that's actually been Senator Amy Klobuchar out of uh, Minneapolis. We've become very good friends. And and she really knows we've had this discussion. She knows what motivates me, you know, why I tick the way that I do. And what I really try to do out there when I go out there, Jen, is I know there's going to be a left and a right side. But in the end, it's really got to be about compromise, because in the end, this isn't about one side or another side winning. In the end, as leaders and as people of compassion, we've got to look out and help and care for the marginalized, the oppressed, and those who, who don't have the ability for whatever reason to speak for themselves. But as a country and as America, we have to come together and help them. And that's really what drives me. And I will just say when I'm out there, I I don't vacillate from that. In the end, my purpose is we need to come out of here, not with a stalemate, but with a solution to help people, because that's what we owe them as leaders of this country.
0: Amen. That is so beautiful and so grounded in the kingdom of God. It's so grounded in everything we just talked about of, you know, we are the family of God. It's so interesting because we're, we're preaching on Cain and Abel and, and this idea that, am I my brother's keeper? What you just said is yes, we are. And what does that mean? And what does that call us towards, which is so much purpose and fills, fills you with a sense of, yeah, like all of this makes sense of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So talk to me a little, you don't just do this work kind of with your job. And then of course you do this amazing work with St. Luke's, but you also do some work at Penn State. Talk to me about what you're doing with the students at Penn State.
1: Yeah. So i actually, I was just up there last week. Um, you know, for a number of years, again, Jen, just one of my passions is and to your point, it's really about getting to and working with people very early in their lives to help help shape the wet clay, you know as yes. as they as they you know go from uh, children to teenagers to young adults to adults. And what I've done for a number of years is um I graduated out of the College of Business, the Sunil College of Business, and we have a mentoring program. And I sit on two other committees up there that help shape the mentoring program. So the committees I sit on, Jen, I'm very honored. Uh, and actually, just on Friday, I lectured with Dr. Jamie Campbell. He's the Dean of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Penn State. So uh, Jamie and I, for about three years now, have teamed up. And we are really talking with students around you know diversity and being respectful of diversity and to embrace diversity. And one of the messages I just left them on Friday was, when you go out and you work in teams or whatever, whether it's at Penn State or summer internships, and when you get out of school, go out and look for people who look different than you and have different backgrounds than you and think differently than you and 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 actually, quite frankly, disagree with you and surround yourselves by them because you're going to become a deeper, deeper richer, um, much more engaged, well-rounded person by having those different frames of mind and, and, and different backgrounds and differences, use those to your advantage. Um, the other thing we actually started up at Penn State in 2019, and I'm very fortunate to be on the board, is we started a, an initiative, and it's called the TARIFF, T-A-R-R-I-F-F, TARIFF Center for Business Ethics and Social Responsibility. And one of the things we do with students starting in their, in their um, junior year, Jen, is we talk to them, and, and there's others on the team besides myself, But we talk to them about how important it is to be transparent and honest and and have um, very, very strong business ethics and then carry that into and we pair that with diversity for social responsibility. So in the end, then that leads to the mentoring program where in any given year, I mentor between one and four students. And we have about 400 alumni who come back and do this. We typically have over um, 1,000 students every year in the College of Business. We actually mentor and it's really to help shape them and make sure that when they get out of Penn State, they always talk about this, they're gonna have a great technical education, but when you get out and you go to work, there's really two pieces of your career that are important. It's the what you do or deliver, and, and that's the what. But the other important piece today that, and and actually we're actually reshaping some of the branding for this year, but it's how you do what you do. How do you conduct yourself? how do you conduct yourself as a leader? How do you conduct yourself as a colleague? How do you conduct yourself as a person in the workplace? And, and it's just so critically important today. And I feel like coming back to what I've, what I've said in my purpose in life is, um, it, it's a really about shaping young people and preparing them for the future, not to just go out and participate in society, but right. to go out and live in society and, and lead in society
0: wow that's amazing and and critical work today i mean critical work today especially the helping people to to really be proactive and and be very intentional about i'm going to live my life with people who are different than me mm-hmm. and and how do you think it is that that really being that empathetic and that committed to the intentionality of diversity and 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 equity and inclusion how does that make someone's life full
1: i just really understand that that people come from all kinds of different backgrounds again when you look at this at our country and 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 i think today you know people just get so grounded that if if you don't think my way or do something my way or we don't agree with the way i'm going to do it um they shut down they don't listen i think and i really think You know, that's the most important thing. And I think back to the times of Jesus and and what did Jesus do? And I think the most important thing he did was he listened. Mm -hmm. He listened to the needs of people and then he acted. But it wasn't like he just went out and said, I'm going to go do what I'm going to do. He listened and then he developed a plan and he acted. And and that's what I think is important um, when you're on that side. I think one of the most important parts of diversity, equity, inclusion Well, yes, going out and taking action is necessary, but the very first part of that, Jen, is having the patience and the discipline and the want to hear others out. And the other word I used at Penn State this past Friday with Jamie was I talked to people is the other thing that's gonna really make you successful in life is the ability to compromise. Mm -hmm. And it's not always your way, but compromise is just so critically important today to get to the right solution, Because when you get to the right solution and everybody's had the opportunity to engage and share, in the end, the final product, that's when you come out with, I'll call, um, everybody's going to own. It's about ownership in the end. Because everybody in the end, when you've created a purpose that everybody can can, uh, buy into, then you're going to create ownership. Do you
0: think that young people are open to this do you what is their response when you yeah
1: well actually i'll tell you we ran out of time on friday it was an hour class and we probably could have gone two hours wow and then that was that that was from uh 1 30 to 2 30 then at 3 30 i met with another group of students in the tariff center and that you know again remember this is a friday afternoon at penn state it's labor day weekend there's a football game the next day (laughs) right students weren't in a rush to go out and party they're like Hey, this is cool. Can we stay here and keep talking? We actually went almost two hours at the second session. So I would say that I'm actually, and I know this is not just about Penn State. This is anywhere. You know, I think today, Jen, and we're doing the right things at St. Luke's. I and again, I just met at at the um, men's breakfast a couple of weeks ago. I'm trying to think of his name here real quickly. He was a young man. He came back. I think he went to LSU. His dad went to LSU. I'll think of his name here in a second. He grew up a St. Luper. Right. and he and I sat at the same table. And if he's any indication of 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 the of what the future looks like, the answer to your question is a resounding yes right i but but I think we got to get
0: to these folks early I do too and and it's interesting because we're in this backlash of trying to protect kids from this and, yeah. and- And that kids, though, are hungry for it. This next generation is hungry to speak about these things and saying, hey, you guys didn't do it well. And so can we get it right? Like, yeah, Um, and we're protecting them from something that is truly a kingdom of God call. I mean, right. that's the whole purpose of setting a bigger table that, you know, Jesus was like, okay, you know, there's a parable and let, a guy wanted to have a banquet and his invited friends didn't come. So we invited everyone else because mm-hmm. everyone else matters. And, yeah. Yeah. And- yeah. What a gift. So I, I have this, uh, quote from, um, from Proverbs that I found that's kind of been sitting with me and why I wanted to do this podcast. It said, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. What do you think in your life has helped you draw out the purposes of your heart? So you mentioned this moment when you were young, but you've been through a lot. And so what is it that that has been insightful, what has kept you always looking for the purposes that God has placed in your heart?
1: You know, and I think as I've gone through life and hopefully made impacts and seen seen differences, um, uh, you know, in people where hopefully again, I was just a catalyst or part of it, but you know, you see the results in people and you see that um, the next time around, maybe they've made a different choice. They've taken a different route. Um, you know, the, the, the mentoring, the education, um, the modeling, um, it pays dividends because you, you know, and I always say this, you've got to change one heart at a time, you know, doing it in masses doesn't work. You've got to invest. And that's what I call that. This time is investment. I guess what I would say is the investment that I've seen in, in people that I've had the, the pleasure to work with over the years and the changes, um, I know there's hope for tomorrow.
0: That's incredible. That's incredible. You, I, I, again, I see where your joy comes from. It comes from being purposeful in your life, which has given you and Cherry a very, very full life, which draws us all in. We all want to know more and be a part of it. So Brian, I'm excited because so much of what you're talking about is the work that's coming in our new vision. And mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting to lead that and have your expertise, but also your joy and your faith. So thanks for talking to me. Hey,
1: um, I want to ask you, can I share just one real quick last? <laughs> Story with you.
0: of course yeah so if you
1: don't mind and, and certainly you do, what it, yeah. what's next yeah if you have if you have time so I always like to tell this other story this is one of the things that's really energized me over the years Jen and it was a story that the Reverend Billy Kyles once told and you remember Billy Kyles was certainly uh the partner with with Dr. Martin Luther King actually Dr. Martin Luther King as we all know passed away in Billy Kyles's arms um on, the, on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel back in 1968 but but Billy tells this story, and, I, and I'm sure you've heard it. But I just want to share it with with the group because it's so impactful. And this really boils it down. And actually, believe it or not, I told this story on Friday. And the story is the story of of the uh, Scottish author uh, Robert Louis Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And when Robert Louis Stevenson was a little boy growing up in Scotland back in the day, you know, back in the 18th century, um, what they used to do at dusk every night is lamplighters would with light would put fire in the end of a stick and crawl up ladders and light the gas-fired lights on on the streets in, in Scotland. And what they would do is he would always go to the window when he was a little boy and he'd watch, you know, the lamp wires on both sides of the street, take a ladder, climb up, you know, light a light, take the ladder, go to the next light, so on and so forth. And over time, the streets would get lit up. Well, Robert Lewis's son, a father, walked in one night when he was sitting at the front window and he said, son, what are you doing? what is so fascinating what are you watching and he said daddy I'm watching these men knock holes in the darkness and Billy Kyle's told that story of his life with Dr. Martin Luther King and when you really think about what we do Jen there's a lot of darkness out there Mm -hmm. and every time we touch one heart we touch one heart what we've done is we've knocked a hole in the darkness for somebody and we've allowed God's light and love to shine through And that's, that's, that's what guides me every day.
0: And that's my friends is what it means to live a purposeful life. Thank you so much, Brian, for hanging out with me for a little bit and telling your story. And I can't wait to see what God's going to continue to do through you for our nation and for the people and for the students at Penn State, but for also us St. Lukers. Love you and have a great day.
1: Love you too, Jen. Thanks everybody. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.